Hello, this is uh, your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You are about to listen to bonus show number 14 of the Dimland Radio Show. Uh, the show originally aired in July 25, 2015, and it's show number 236. Uh, I often say that I want to do bonus shows or post bonus shows when I don't do a new one. Uh, be, you know, go back into the old archives of the shows and put them up you know, the days before I started posting them on Facebook or YouTube or whatever I do. Anyway, um, I sometimes I don't do it. But this time I am. So on the show tonight, or whenever you listen to this, you'll get to hear uh, there was something I said. Uh, my sister done good. I missed my chance to sue Popeye's restaurant. Some baseball talk. That'll be thrilling. Uh, I talk about the, the president, or the, some presidential talk, uh, mainly about Franklin Pierce, who was not a great president, had some tragedy in his life. He and his wife had some tragedies happen uh, just prior to his becoming president, especially one event on his way to be president. Um, and then after that, there's some talk about the New Horizons uh, space probe that went by Pluto a few years ago. And I end the uh, show talking about ABC's program called What Would You Do? And that's where they have some actors um, perform some sort of scenario in front of unsuspecting real people to see what the real people will do. And, uh, and this particular uh, segment that I talked about was an atheist was in a restaurant and a family comes in to say grace. And I had some things to say about what ABC was doing there. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's it. You, uh, I'll get this thing ready to go. Hopefully I'll hit the correct button. And uh, enjoy bonus show number 14 from July 25, 2015. Show number 236. All right, here it comes. This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I have a full plate for things to talk about on the show, so why don't I get started uh, right about now? That would make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, First off, I need to strike 10 points from my my coffers. Uh, I did something today that I, I, as soon as I I said something, and as soon as I said it, it was... uh, how could I have said such a thing? Um, uh, recently, Amy, my wife, bought some pants for me. She went through Amazon, but it's it wasn't 
Amazon that was fulfilling the order. You know, you can order stuff from Amazon that's from different stores, different outlets. They just work with Amazon, so you kind of order through Amazon, and some other company, store, or whatever fulfills the order. And and you know, she got a couple pairs of pants that were not quite the kind of pants I wanted. Uh, you know, there was nothing wrong with them. It's just that, I mean, as far as, you know, they're decent pants, I guess, but they're just not, they would have been a little uncomfortable for me. So, yeah, let's send them back and get what I'm more used to. And she said, that's fine. So she had to contact this company, and they sent her the uh, the information needed to print out, to put on the package, to return it. Now, if you buy something through Amazon, directly Amazon, uh, you just send stuff back, and they don't charge you for it. If you buy something from somebody else through Amazon, you might get charged for the return. You might have to put some return postage on it. Now, I don't know how they'll settle that up, if they will or not. If they just refund us for our original purchase price or whatever, I, I don't know. But uh, they got the, we got the information, printed it out, put the package together. I went out to um, UPS, and they told me what it would cost <laughs> to send it back. The, the, the lowest cost, $13.25. Really? And uh, he says, "No, let me uh, let me check the uh, post office, because apparently they'll they'll let you know if the post office is less expensive." And he checked it, and he says, "Well, it's going to be about the same with the post office." And I said, "Okay, well, it is what it is." Oh, as soon as I said it, as soon as I said it, I could hear my inside my head. I was screaming at myself, "Why would you say such a thing? I hate that phrase. I hate it." It's gotten to be so used these days, just so often, and it's just so annoying. Ugh. I could have said, well, if that's what it costs, that's what it costs. And I wouldn't have felt bad. But I walked away, shaking my head. I said it is what it is. Ugh. Ugh. How, how ordinary. <laughs> how uncool. How unhip of me. So I take... 10 points from my coffers. So, yeah, that's the, I can do that because I'm the awarder of the points. I can award them and I can take them away. Right. If I award you points, you, you know, treat them well, uh, use them well. Uh, if those points, they, they add up, you know. And speaking of giving some points, uh, I need to talk about my, my sister. Now, I don't talk about my. I don't think I've talked about her that much on this show. I don't think I've mentioned her much. I have a sister named Nancy. Uh, she's the only girl in the family. Three boys and 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 one girl. And uh, uh, you know, my oldest brother is is Bob, and then there's Nancy, and then there's me, and then my younger brother, Steve. Did you hear the explosion? Fourth of July was earlier this month. So people are still getting it out of their system. So. Anyway, uh, and and I, you know, every family has, I I, uh, I guess a black sheep, I guess you'd call it. You know the the ne'er do well, uh, you know, and you know I don't like to talk about that too much. Excuse me. Jeez, is this going to be? Well, if the fireworks are going to be happening tonight, just uh, just pretend it's the Fourth of July again. Anyway, I'll try not to let it distract me again. 
But my sister is not the black sheep of the family. Uh-huh. See, I was heading in that direction, but no, no, no. She's fine. And actually, we really don't have, you know, we're all pretty decent people, I think. And my sister, uh, she's very smart. Uh, she's very educated as well. She's got a PhD. She could actually say she's a doctor. She really is a doctor. And not that she just plays one online. Now, she's not a medical doctor, but she's got a PhD, which makes her a doctor. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? There you go. So, <clears throat> she is a professor at the uh, uh, what is it? Minnesota State University, Mankato, and she heads up the master's program for social work. That's what her PhD is in, and I guess she's you know pretty good. And she gets to you know, go to some places around the world and give talks. And she's written a book or something. And she's yeah, she's you know she's you know she's a pretty smart cookie. And just recently, uh, last weekend, last Sunday, stopped by my mom and dad's. Uh, Amy and Hayden and I, we were heading up to uh, uh, to visit uh, Amy's dad. And we stopped by my parents because I needed to pick something up there. So I run in. My parents were gone, but the, the something I needed to pick up was right there on the kitchen table, right with a little envelope with a card in it. It's one of those, like, thank you envelope, thank you card size envelope things. And I open it up, and it's well. It says on the written on it, it says Jim, read this. So I I open it, and there's there's a card from my sister to my parents, with a newspaper clipping. It was from the Mankato Free Press, which is the newspaper down there, and the article was about how um, uh, Governor Mark Dayton, the governor of our state, Minnesota, had appointed my sister uh, to the uh, Minnesota Council on Disability, and I. I thought, wow. <laughs> and so I immediately ran outside with the article, because Amy and Hayden waited in the in the vehicle, and I run out there with the article and I show show them, look at this, look at this. It was really exciting. So I'm very proud of my sister. Uh, I did post it on Facebook and said, nothing like making her underachieving brother feel even more of an underachiever. And that's a joke. That's a, that's a joke, a little one. You know. um, I'm proud of my sister. So 10 points, Nancy. And I said, next stop, White House. <laughs> and I was telling her that. I talked to her later in the week. And I said something about, you know, yeah, going to the White House now. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, well, you don't know. And she says, no, no. And uh, um, she was asking me how I found out about it. And I said, well, the thing my parent, you know, our parents had put a card. I said, oh, okay. And then she said she heard from our, our niece, uh, Jackie, called her and congratulated her. And Nancy says, well, how did you find out about this? Well, Uncle Buddy, that's what she calls me. My niece calls me that. She says, well, Uncle Buddy posted it on Facebook. It's because I did. That Monday I found the story online and I posted it. I'll post it in the show notes so you can see my sister and read what the article has to say, what she has to say about the position she's taking. And uh, <clears throat> and so and I and, but I joked a little more about this uh, White House thing because uh, my sister is actually going on a vacation this week where she's staying with a friend in New Hampshire. Now, right about this time of year, New Hampshire's getting a bit hopping with uh, uh, presidential candidates because it's one of the first primary states or the first primary state. There's Iowa. There's New Hampshire. So I thought, oh, okay, you're not. She's hoping she sees some some candidates. She says, even if I don't like them, it'd be cool just to see them. So anyway, uh, good on you, Nance. Ten points, um, and I am proud of my sister.
You remember the um, the guy? Just this was just a couple few weeks ago. Uh, there was a guy that uh, was claiming that uh, he got a rat, uh, a a uh, extra crispy battered rat at a KFC, and uh, th- there was a picture of it that floated around the internets. And it, it kind of looks rat-like. It sort of has the body shape of a rat, and there's sort of a tail that wraps around behind it. And uh, uh, this show is going to have a lot of fireworks, apparently. So that you know, it, so it kind of has a rat rat look to it. And he tried to get I don't know money out of KFC or whatever. And it turns out that it was just chicken, and it just happened to kind of look like. A, a rat. You remember that? Okay. Well, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, or last week, or sometime, I went to eat uh, at Popeyes, and I'll get their chicken tenders. And <laughs> I'm not kidding. Now, I, I don't carry a camera with me. Uh, I, I, I do. I now carry my the cell phone that we have. It doesn't have a camera option on it. It's a real cheap cell phone. And I'll carry that around, and, but it doesn't have a camera, like I said. And so, you know, I couldn't take a picture of this. But I'm not kidding. You can take my word for it. I, I'm honest. I'm not making this up. It looked like, very much like, the the rat chick, the supposed rat piece of chicken that the guy got from KFC. And, I mean, because it had the body kind of part, and it was a little rat-like, but it had that tail wrapping up around behind it. And I looked at that, and I just sat there before I, as I was eating my meal, and I saw it, and I picked, took it out, and I looked at it, and I said, I'll be dogs, but that looks like, that looks like that, that supposed rat from before. Huh. Wow, what could I do with this? I could bring it up to the counter. I could see if I can get something free. Maybe I get some money. Maybe I can make a big stink out of it. What could I do? What could I do? As I said, I didn't have a camera, so I couldn't take a picture of it. So what was? What am I to do? What's a good skeptic to do? Well, I ate it. And it was chicken. That's all it was. I could have maybe wrapped it up in a napkin and brought it home and have Amy take a picture of it so I could have posted it. But I was hungry, and I ate it. So... There you go. That's my... I, Dang, I, I probably could have really soaked uh, the Popeye's market with the, uh, you know, with the, with the lawsuit for feeding me a chicken, a rat-shaped piece of chicken. Which was really tasty. Popeye's is pretty good. The restaurant is a little unorganized, but, uh, but, the, but the food was, was fine. You know, for the money. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I do have another, just a little quick thing here before I go to commercial. As I speak to you, doing this show, I record these uh, usually on Friday nights, not always with the fireworks going on, but um, as I'm uh, recording this, uh, my Minnesota Twins, not they're not mine, I don't owe them, but that's my team, that's the team I follow, it's the team I root for, I hope that they win, uh, they haven't been doing that uh, in the previous couple of seasons, a few seasons, but this season they're doing okay. They're in second place in the American League Central. They're in second place. I don't think they'll ever uh, overtake first place uh, uh, from the Kansas City Royals. I think it's. I think they're always going to be a bit behind them. But the everybody was picking them to be last place in the division, and they're in second place, and so that's pretty cool. And so as I speak, this weekend is uh, 
the uh, three games, uh, three game visit by the hated Yankees. Yes, the hated Yankees have swept into Minneapolis and are playing my beloved Twins. And the Twins have never won a series against the hated Yankees at Target Field, which they've been in for about five or six years now. And uh, and, and as, as I said, as I speak, I can tell you the score of the game. It's not over yet, but it's in the top of the ninth. And the score is the Twins 10, Yankees, hated Yankees, nothing. <laughs> uh, I think that will hold up. I think they will manage to win this particular game. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, you know what else is awesome? Taking a break. I'm going to head to break just slightly early. And you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I will be back after this break. They're beating the Yankees' tail with a muffin. One step ahead of you. Stay in motion. Keep an open mind. Love is a race. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the bus on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Mm. Get him some Z's. Mm. Get him some Z's. Getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z-Talk, Z-Talk Radio. On ztalkradio.com.
and welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at uh, ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, um, this is a bit of uh, not pleasant. Uh, I learned about this a little while ago, and I've been trying to find time to talk about this on the show, so I figured I'll give it a go tonight. And it's... Uh, it has to do with uh, one of our presidents, uh, Franklin Pierce. Now, Franklin Pierce was, I geez, I don't know which one he was, the 14th president or something like that. He was, uh, he was not one of our better presidents. He, uh, he, was, he was the son of a man named Benjamin Pierce, who was a Revolutionary War hero and uh, governor of New Hampshire. And Pierce was kind of the, you know, golden boy son, the handsome man kind of thing. Uh, but not, just not as politically savvy as his father or mm, just didn't quite have the f- facilities for it. He was a bit of a drinker. Uh, he, he did, he had, his military record was not great. <laughs> he, he, he was given a rank for which he was not very well qualified, and he so his involvement in in uh, I think it was the Mexican American War. I think it was that one. Uh, did not go well. <laughs> uh, so in and and then he was a, he was a congressman and a senator from New Hampshire. I think at the time he was the youngest senator. Uh, to, to have to have served or been elected at that point in, in the country's history, and uh, and he did and he was just kind of mediocre. He did not do anything that really uh, set him apart from anybody else. And even as he was running for president, there were those that were a little more politically savvy that did not expect much from him. This is all from what I understand. Uh, there's a there's a show that was uh, produced, I think, by the History Channel, and it's streaming on Netflix, and it's called The uh, Ultimate Guide to the Presidents. I think that's what it's called. And uh, uh, it's 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 really just an overview. It's several episodes where they look at each president, each man who's been president of the in the United States, from George Washington right up onto uh, President Obama. Who is uh, President Obama right now is uh, busy planning taking over Texas with that Jade Helm 15 thing, and he's going to declare martial law, and it's all going to happen. It's all going to happen. Mark my words, it's all going to happen, and he's not going to leave. He's not going to stop being president. He's going to stay. He's going to stay. Pre- oh, please. <laughs> That's what the conspiracy conspiracy theory nuts are trying to tell you. But you know something. I'll bet you I'll bet you dollars to donuts that every president we've had, starting from George Washington, because every one of them had detractors. Every one of them, you know, had people that weren't fond of them. Every single president, you know, the, the, to our most popular presidents, Washington, uh, Lincoln, FDR, Kennedy, all these great popular presidents that well-loved by the people, they had opposition. They had people in the other party or parties or whatever the case may have been at the time that were not fond of them. And I'm sure 
there were those that thought that uh, you know Washington was going to take this country into ruin and and that uh, you know he wouldn't leave office or anything. But but Washington was the one that set the precedent of only doing two terms. Uh, and and for a long time after that, I think there was one president I can't remember who it was, but uh, that that did run for a third term but did not get elected. And it wasn't until FDR who ran for the third and fourth term, winning both of those. Uh, but dying during his fourth term, early in it, fairly early in it, and uh, you know that after with, after which Congress started thinking, you know, we need to limit the terms of the president. It's uh, that's they're getting too close to president for life kind of thing, uh, and that's 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 kind of dangerous, and people are all afraid. And and I'm sure this happens. It happened with Bush, George W. Bush, when he was. You know, when his second term was going on, there were people that were afraid he was not going to leave office. He was going to find a way to stay in office. Well, it didn't happen. You know, and it's not going to happen this time. You know, on January twentieth, twenty seventeen, you know, Obama will hand the keys over to whoever Hillary Clinton, uh, maybe, or to Donald Trump. <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? God, there's no way, no way. He's he may be a front runner right now. He might, you know, he's just a he's just a goofball, and I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't think he's that serious. Anyway, it, it Obama will hand over the keys to the next president, and we'll continue on going along. It's just you know, and then history will decide how good a president was Obama. I've seen some, you know, read some articles and stuff that very positive about Obama at this point and I've seen you know seen a lot of people being hysterical about him uh, but still anyway um, but I was going to talk about Franklin Pierce so Franklin Pierce uh, he and his wife I believe his wife's name was Jane um, uh, they had uh, they had three kids um, and uh, and Franklin was uh, getting set up to uh, run for president, or being poised to run for president, being groomed to be president. Jane didn't really want to go to Washington. She didn't want to live there. I guess they lived in New Hampshire, and uh, she didn't want to leave. Uh, and and I'm not sure how how excited Pierce was to be to be, to be president, but uh, he. He, he won the presidency on a couple of things. Because of his father, being as popular as his father was, and because uh, Franklin Pierce had a friend from school, a guy named Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne was a, a famous writer, even in those days. He was very famous. And in those days, famous writers were like rock stars. They were exceedingly well-known and very and if they were good and if they were popular they they were big time and uh and and Nathaniel Hawthorne was probably about as big time an author as you could get in those days in in America and uh he he was friends with Franklin Pierce and i guess as was i guess it was a tradition at the time to write a biography a political biography type thing for a, a candidate running for president, running for high office, you'd write a biography. Somebody would write a biography about the, you know the, their accomplishments, their life, and all that, and that would be a way for the the electorate to learn who the candidate was. 
And so Nathaniel Hawthorne sat down and wrote this book about his friend Franklin Pierce. Now, from what I understood from reading about this and hearing about it, uh, Hawthorne said it wasn't it wasn't fiction. He wasn't making stuff up, but he really had to to romance the the facts to make it seem more presidential material than it was and and so those factors you know the famous father and this and the famous writer endorsing um, Franklin that he, he won he won the presidency and so he's president-elect at this point he's not he hasn't been inaugurated yet uh, and he's uh, he's traveling with his family his wife and his and well and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. They had three kids, three sons. Uh, the first son died about a few days after being born, uh, four days or so, just re- shortly after being born, and that was a devastation to to them, as it would be to any young couple having having children. Their firstborn dies shortly after being born. Uh, I'm not sure how it was that that the child died, but did. Their second son lived a little bit longer. That's right. The second son died too. They they had another child. Uh, he died, I think, at about age four, two or four, something like very young. Uh, caught a disease. That's probably a a, a vaccine preventable disease uh, these days. Back then, no, because they didn't have the vaccines. But uh, today we do. And you, <laughs> let's let's ask if we could get in our way back machine and to ask the Pierces. You know, we have this this shot that we can give your child that could prevent this disease, uh, so that he doesn't die. Would you like to take that? I have a feeling they'd say yes. Anyway, let's not get me into the anti-vax thing. But that child died. They had another son, and he lived. And his name was Benny. Now, Benny got to be, I think, about Hayden's age, 11 or 12 or something like that, when uh, when Franklin was, when his father was elected president. And so the, the family traveled. Now, this is, I learned this from the Ultimate Guide of the Presidents. I learned this little fact. That now, they did not go quite into the detail. I learned more detail by uh, uh, talking about this with a uh, friend of the show, Kitty Mervine, who lives in New Hampshire and knows a bit about Franklin Pierce, and you know has she she gave me some information and I looked online, Wikipedia and other other places to find some information, and so what we found out <clears throat> is that uh, after he was elected, at some point they are traveling I think to Washington from Boston by train. So it's, it's Franklin, his wife, and the son, Benny. Now, after the other two sons had died, and Benny lives, it, you know, Jane, uh, I'm sure that's her name, she just clung to her son. She just kept him close, kept him safe, you know, that kind of thing, which is completely understandable. Uh, she, so she, she, gave, she got very clingy with her boy. And as they traveled... The train they were traveling in derailed. 
came off the track, rolled into an embankment. Everybody on the train, in that car, survived. I, you know, I'm imagining some bumps and bruises, some injuries and that, but everybody survived, except for one person. Benny. Now, not only that, in the sources I read, uh, Franklin Pierce was not able to prevent his wife, Benny's mother, from seeing her dead child. <clears throat> but not only, but that's, I mean, that, that doesn't quite say it. I learned this from Kitty. He, he, the sources that I read said he was, the child was either nearly or completely decapitated. And uh, Kitty told me that he was right next to his mother on the train. She was most likely the first person to find Benny's mangled body. She'd already had two sons die, and then this happens. Yeah, I, I watched that show and heard about that, and you know, it, it just and I was. You know, I thought, oh, that's terrible. You know, I thought that that's terrible. And it it took a while, but at some point, I was driving somewhere. It was going through my mind, and it occurred to me, what if that had been Hayden? That's my son. What if Amy and Hayden and I were riding in a train somewhere? It derails. Everybody on the car survives except for Hayden. And not only that, have him die in the same way. Find him in the same condition. See him that way. I thought about that. And I thought, that would be it. You know, it, it would be over. There would be... I, I don't... I cannot conceive of being able to go on with with any kind of semblance of normal life maybe not even live i mean what would be the point i just it just it hit me as i'm driving home from work or whatever wherever i was coming from and when i got home yeah i i i, I took amy aside and i i told her about it and she had this exact same reaction. She just said, "That would be it. That would be. It, it, that's it. The, the the you know game over, man. It's just we're done." It. it, it I, 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 as I told her, I said, "It'd be one thing. It's it'd be just as devastating. But it wouldn't have that. Quite that reaching into your guts and pulling them out aspect to it. If he had, let's say, Hayden had some childhood cancer, 
and battled it for you know for some years you know through medical science and doing what they can to chemo and radiation and surgery or whatever methods to try to excise the cancer to try to get it to go into remission to to help him survive but after after a long battle he dies it, it, at least there would be some aspect of preparing for that this was was just an instant and then to see I can't, I can't, I can't. And is it any wonder that Franklin Pierce, you know, already not expected to be a very great president by people in the know at the time, went on to be a not very great president. And, and I guess his drinking, he had an issue with drinking beforehand, got even worse as, as, as he served his presidency. And uh, his and and his and his wife came to be known as the ghost of the White House because of of her behavior, how she she did not want to be in Washington. She I I don't know how the two people did what they did in their lives after that. I mean, this was their third son. And oh God, I just I think about it, and I just I picture that moment of, and if it was Hayden, it's just it runs, it just sends ice down my spine. It's just I I can't think of how I would continue to function. I I don't. I maybe I would, but oh, oh. All right. Um, I guess I should go to another break. Uh, sorry to sorry to bum you out, but well, you know it's a story. <laughs> I'll come back with the cheerier stuff. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Zeke Talk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'll be back uh, after this after this break. Yeah. Hey. That wasn't supposed to play at that point. This is. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1. Or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? 
What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Sorry to bum me out back there. I hope the break uh, helped, uh, helped uh, shake out the, uh, the bumminess. Uh, here's something great. Here's something great. I hadn't mentioned it, uh, but I, I'm going to mention it now. Uh, we, we, human beings, sent a spacecraft called New Horizons, out into space about nine and a half years ago. We got that puppy moving at about 30,000, 31,000 miles per hour. Just shoom, sent that sucker out there, out into space, and with, the, with the destination of doing a quick flyby Pluto. Former planet, well, still a planet, dwarf planet now, Pluto, uh, everybody's favorite planet. Everybody was, you know, so many people were upset when it got you know, reclassified as not a planet. But it, you, know, you know, folks, as as astronomy learns more and more about our solar system, it's finding that the the uh, the uncommon objects in the solar system are the eight planets, and the more common objects in our solar system are going to be ones like Pluto, because out farther than the, out by Pluto and out farther we've got big objects about the size of Pluto and maybe a little smaller it's just it's, they, they we, we may have tons of them out there lots and lots but uh, anyway it's just uh, uh, Pluto had we never quite knew what it looked like and now we do I mean this thing this new horizons, it 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 travels. It's it has traveled about three billion miles. Billion with a B, miles, and and it took nine and a half years to get to a point where it could take a, a few minutes, zipping by Pluto and its moon Charon or Charon. I think it's Charon. And take some pictures and get some information and send that information back to us here. Uh, from what I understand, it's it's just in that in that I don't know thirty minutes or so, in which it does its flyby. Uh, it's it's going to get it's so much information that it's going to take something like twenty six months 
they figure to to download everything to get to to get through that information that's going to come back that data that's going to come back from Pluto it's going to take quite a, a bit of time and it's going to be great I mean we're going to be finding stuff and we've already got neat pictures of this thing it's got kind of a heart shape on it which is thought to be a uh, uh, the the debris from a an impact crater uh you know like, like an asteroid hit it or something you know, like that hit and that's the debris field that that's that has that vaguely heart shape to it uh in fact before the details got to it there was uh, somebody had posted a meme uh because before pluto was called pluto it was and before it was absolutely figured out that that's where it is there was uh, there, it was called Planet X, and it was thought that there should be a planet in just about there because of uh, the way the orbits were working. And it's just, just astronomers and you know, scientists knew that th there were indications that there is probably a planet there uh, in that orbit that that Pluto does, which is a weird orbit compared to the rest of our the orbits of the rest of the planets. Uh, but it's you know and it's it's it takes what is it 248 years or something like that for for Pluto to make it all the way around the to make one orbit of of the sun so uh, you know one year on Pluto if, uh, one Pluto year is about 248 years here I think that's the number I read didn't write that down should have I did write down that. I guess it's like 3.6 billion miles from the sun. Um, that's where Pluto is, and and it took it went about three. It took about a three billion mile trip. I, I guess we got it closer in its orbit to us, you know that kind of thing. And which is all this this planning and figure out that astronomers and physicists and the math guys, engineers, and all that people that work for NASA, all those people figure out how to time it out how to use whatever planets to help you know move this the, the thing along you know gravity fields and all that kind of stuff to move it along and, and to get it going it's i think it's the fastest man-made object that we've that we've made yet i think uh and 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 in it, it still took nine and a half years to get there that should indicate to you also how big space is that it, it it's that it took that long for it to get there. You know how long it takes the the light leaving the surface of the sun to make it to Pluto? About 5.3 hours. For the light to make it to the Earth, it's about eight minutes. Light leaving the sun, coming to Earth. So space is big, super, really big, super duper big, 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 <laughs> and. You know, and 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 the uh, stuff that I read was that uh, the the precision of the timing was only about a minute off. But they it got to a point where they expected it to be, you know, at the, the target point or something, uh, and it was there either a minute late or a minute early, from what they had figured, uh, the scientists at NASA, um, and the targeting was was astounding. And it it's. <sighs> It's just amazing how science works, and it's science that works. This is yay science, 
You know, it's not any other kind of science. It's not noetic science where it's science with magic. No, it doesn't work. It's not, it's not, we didn't pray our way there. We didn't, you know, use any kind of supernatural means or paranormal stuff. No, no, we used science. Science works. This other stuff, hmm, I don't know if it works. Uh, I said noetic science. There's this Edgar Mitchell, who's the one of the astronauts from Apollo. I guess he walked on the moon, or he was, I think he was one of them that walked on the moon. And he's always been convinced that uh, you know UFOs are extraterrestrial intelligent life forms. He's he's one of those. He's the one. I, some weeks ago, I talked about how people who tend to think on a fringe kind of way that uh, you know that tend to believe that. You know that, that that we're being visited by aliens. Those those people that have that that thinking, uh, even though the the evidence for such is is incredibly bad. There isn't any really good evidence for this happening. We don't even know if there's life on any other planets. Not even microbial life. But you know they 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 can be told by scientist after scientist after scientist or astronaut after astronaut after astronaut that there is that we don't know if there's life out there or they don't believe that we're being visited by intelligent life but they find the one they find Edgar Mitchell and they say see this guy's got it all the rest of them are duped or they're trying to fool us or whatever Edgar he's the one so but it's still it's still super awesome that science works so well that we were able to get a look at uh, Pluto. Oh, and as I, as I started saying, it was called Planet X before they, they gave the name Pluto. And there's a, there's a Warner Brothers cartoon with a Planet X in there. And the way Warner Brothers depicts the planet is this big sphere with a big X on it. So before we got the really good resolution pictures of Pluto with the heart shape there, that heart shape area when, when, when New Horizons was getting closer but not close enough yet to get a good detailed picture, it sent back a picture that had that, it kind of looked like an X. And somebody on Facebook or somewhere on the internets had put, the, put those, those two together. So wait a minute, Pluto used to be called Planet X. Uh, Warner Brothers had this cartoon with Planet X in it, and look what's on Pluto. Looks like an X to me. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's some kind of conspiracy thing. Oh, and, and oh, and don't worry, don't don't think that the conspiracy theorists aren't being conspiracy theorists about this, because there are those out there that don't think that this is real. They they think that these pictures are fakes, and they don't they don't buy it. You know, it's it's something to say about consistency. So it's good news. Yay, science. Awesome science. Awesome sauce. That's great. Uh, what isn't great... No, I'm not going to go to another break. <laughs> you thought, because I was starting like my one of my segues. What isn't great is something that happened on ABC just recently. Uh, ABC runs a show that's hosted by reporter John Quinones. And it's a series uh, of shows that's called uh, What Would You Do? And they set up these scenarios. They have actors doing something in public to see what average people around this, this, this scenario that they're acting out, how would they react? Would they intervene? 
would they you know uh, would they come in on the side of good would they come in on the side of bad you know would they how how would they react and the show is is it's it's kind of set up in a way to challenge the audience to challenge their their prejudices and and to, you know to, to make them think what would I do in that situation how would I act if if this was happening uh, some of the stuff that they've done was uh, there was a, a an experiment that they did where they had a young uh, blonde woman uh, out on a public street she was uh, trying to lock or unlock her bike. Uh, for, you know, and she was having trouble with the, box, uh, the, the bike lock. And passers-by uh, that got involved were all very nice and helpful, and they tried to just to help her out, and they were kind and, 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 and all that kind of to, to her. They, were, that they treated her that way. Uh, but then, they, then ABC, they, they changed the scenario, and instead of having a young uh, blonde white woman, they had a young uh, African-American male. Same situation. He's having trouble with his bike lock, trying to figure it out. This time, the passers-by were more suspicious. Uh, they didn't. They weren't as uh, helpful as um, as as the as in the previous scenario. So that it's sort of showing us that there's a certain prejudice that we have. There's certain you know it's wrong to have these kinds of prejudices and uh, how do we treat people just on what what they look like and how we perceive them, um, the baggage that comes along with good, whether it should be there or not you know it's, it's these these assumptions we make well young blonde woman she's fine a young black male maybe we should be careful because you know and that's not the way we should be thinking but you know this is something that's that's still prevalent in our society we've got a ways to go and and so that's that's uh constructive there's another scenario that they've shown where uh it's a, a waitress or is refusing service to a, a gay couple in a restaurant now again the waitress is an act is an actor and and the gay couples and are actors but the patrons the people at the restaurant they're watching the scenario, and people stood up and said, "Hey, you should serve them. They, you, did you, you know, why, why are you, why are you treating them like this? You know, they, they came up on the side of good and and uh, and said that you know you should be serving them. Um, you know, their lifestyle there is none of your business, and you know that kind of thing. And that's that that too is kind of a that's good. It's good to show that that happens, and good on those people. But <clears throat> just recently." ABC did something that upset a few people, myself included, um, gave me some concern, and, and that was they did a scenario where they brought in an atheist. Oh no, an atheist. You know, atheists are mean and cruel people, and they're uncaring, and they're immoral, and, and they, you know, they're just... And they're militant, and they want to push their non-religion on everybody. You know, like me. That's how I act, right? <laughs> no, that's not. I, I don't. Anyway, um, the scenario they set up was uh, they went to Texas, of course. And again, my saying "of course" is kind of buying into certain 
stereotype of Texas, because Texas has atheists in it just as just as any other state would, just as many as, or maybe not just as many, but it has atheists just as well as uh, California would have atheists, or Las Vegas, you know, Nevada would have atheists, or New York, or you know, Massachusetts, you know, it's just just because it's a southern state, part of the Bible Belt, doesn't mean they wouldn't have atheists there. In fact, I have a Facebook friend who lives in Texas, and she is an atheist. Uh, anyway, so they set up the scenario where they have a young family, a mom and dad, two kids. They go to a restaurant uh, just after church services. They sit down to have something to eat. The food is brought to the table. Before they eat, the dad says, well, let's you know, bow our heads, and he starts to say a little prayer. You know, God is good. Thank you for the food. You know, that kind of thing. And a woman in the corner, an atheist, says, can you stop doing that? You know, save it for church. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to offend you. And, and, and see, the thing is, now, to the credit of the report, of the people, the producers of this particular thing, they did modify her behavior a little bit. They they toned it down. Uh, they took it from you know she, when her first confrontation, she actually got up and talked to the people, kind of got at, got in at them a little bit. And the restaurant patrons said, you know, you should just shut up. You know, it's none of your business. They have a right to pray, which they're correct. They do have a right to pray. That's that they're within their rights. They're not going over to her, the atheist, and saying you must pray with us. They're not doing that. They're not pushing the religion. It's, so the thing that bothered atheists watching this was that this was a straw man. Because this is not what atheists do. Atheists don't, you know, I've been to restaurants where I've seen people bow their heads and say a little prayer before they eat. I've, I've been to dinner with a friend who did that before we ate. I, you know, I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, he's, he even said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say, no, that's no problem. Go ahead. And I sat quietly while he did his thing, and then when he was done, we ate. It, it's it, it, the, the, where where the militant atheist types will stand up is where it, it, where government is pushing it. Schools, court system, somehow pushing religion. You know, it's on our money. It's it's in our pledge. It's it's the the you know in God we trust and all this kind of stuff. It's 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 you know it, it, that's not it shouldn't be there. That's what we say. So, and I got into a talk with uh, uh, with a friend because I shared this on there, and, and a Facebook friend was kind of challenging me, saying, "Well, you know, ABC is kind of a you know uh, they're an opportunist; they'll they'll take all comers kind of thing." And he said, "Maybe we're overreacting a little bit," but but the Facebook page for the the show had uh, the last I saw, last I heard, was over three thousand three hundred comments from atheists saying, "This is just you know not right." And it, it's, it's so the, here's the concern I have. The majority who in this country identify themselves as Christians, and I would imagine the majority of that audience watching the show does the same, identifies themselves as Christians. Will they? How many of those people will know an atheist? Will they know many of them? Will they know any? And so, if they don't, you because know, we don't, you can't just look at us and know we're an atheist unless we're wearing a shirt or something that says I'm an atheist. You know, we're not running around saying, "Hey, I'm an atheist." Uh, it, it will paint a picture of this. This this portrayal is painting 
it's creating a straw man of a, of the of a kind of atheist that just doesn't really exist. Not saying it's not possible, but it doesn't really exist. And so, the danger, the concern that I have is that somebody watching it will not say that atheist, that one in particular, is an asshole. What they're going to come away saying is atheists are assholes. That's what I'm concerned about. That's what you know, this you know we're trying to show you. Look, we care. We have morals. We we don't want to stop you from praying. It's not you know that's not what we're about. And this show kind of pushes that back, and that's not right. And so we'll see what happens with ABC. They they got tons of response as far as this goes, and and that's probably just what they want. This is great. Um, I, you wouldn't have them. I don't think they'd set up the situation where they have a Muslim sitting in the corner saying, "Hey, you know, could you Christians not do that praying?" You know, it's, I don't think they would do that. I think there'd be a little too much of an outcry about that, or a Jewish person doing it, or a Hindu person doing that. I don't think they'd show that. But what they probably should have done, which would have been better, they should have had that situation set up in a, in a place where, the, where they would know that the patrons were atheists, were other atheists, and see how they would have reacted. I think if I'd have been there, I'd have turned to her and said, look, they're within their rights to pray. I'm an atheist too. You know, it's just, you, if you, you, they're not, you really need to get over this if you're offending you on this. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, they're not coming over and saying, you need to pray with us. They're not doing that. Uh, it was not ABC's shining moment. Let's, let's just say that. Good night, Frau Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, I've got to the end of another show, and yes, another week has gone by where I'm not going to make a movie recommendation. I'll have to wait until next week. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to do a show next week. That's right. Uh, and I might not do one the week after that, so watch the Facebook page. It's my son's birthday next weekend. We're going to do something. So be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim. Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons reminding you to sleep with the lights off. And remember, I won't do a show next week, and it's possible I won't be doing the one after that. Good night, everybody. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning, tuning us in. in.
Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. hell. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Well.